This is Jeffrey Lickman for Beyond the Legal Limit, and this is our special midweek sort of episode. Some extra stuff that I couldn't fit into this week's episode, and I figured, uh, you know, why not? It's on my mind. I'm pissed. And why shouldn't uh, I share it with all of you instead of me being forced to deal with it myself? Now, this is about the Iranian situation. I've, I've talked about my frustration with the, the Biden administration's desperation to get back the Iran nukes deal, which Trump pulled out of. And I'm not going to repeat myself as to why the deal specifically is idiotic. That's not the point of uh, this episode today. But what's come out recently is even more astonishing than what we've talked about before. We've already learned weeks ago that uh, Secretary of State Blinken and his team had considered removing Iran's terror arm, the Revolutionary Guard, from the foreign terrorist organization list. And there was widespread mockery and criticism uh, which caused them to back off that. And I'm, I'm certain that's the only reason why they did back off, because they can't do enough for these terrorists. But, you know, if you're going to take, it's one thing to take the Houthis, which is one of Iran's terror proxies that are attacking the Saudis in Yemen. It's one thing to take those terrorists off the list, and there was such mockery, but then to take the worst terror group on the planet. What's the point of even having a terrorist list. So uh, they took it off, but uh, they didn't take it off. Excuse me. It's, it's largely ceremonial anyway, because there's so many sanctions already in existence against the Revolutionary Guard. But leaving them on the terror list makes it illegal to help them in any material way, and none of them would ever be permitted into America, which you'd assume is something that is just presumed, I suppose. But you can't with America under Joe Biden, and it started with uh, Barack Obama. That's when the worm really turned. You can't assume that they won't let these people in because they had no problem letting in so many um, refugees, and that's in, in scare quotes, from Afghanistan. And they didn't vet these people. They don't vet the people that are coming in from the south, the southern border. God knows how many terrorists that are existing in America right now that are operating on behalf of Iran and other terror groups. but. In exchange, anyway, just to get back, in exchange, theoretically, for removing the Revolutionary Guard from the terrorist list, Iran had promised to ratchet down its terrorism against America. And this is just, it's just too funny that anybody could believe that this could be serious because they've been firing rockets at American military bases. They're committing terrorism all over the Middle East, threatening our allies and killing them too, all while these negotiations have been going on. So the idea that we could ever trust them to ratchet down their terrorism, as if that's something that we should even have to ask them. Anyway, it's not happening anymore. They're not removing uh, the Revolutionary Guard from the, the, the foreign terrorist organization list, so it makes no difference. But what came out late last week is that at the time the nukes deal is at the very finish line, Iran is still desperately trying to kill Americans. And during a Senate Foreign Relations Committee hearing, Senator Ted Cruz asked Secretary of State Blinken, quote, is it true that the IRGC, that's the Revolutionary Guard, is actively trying to murder former senior officials of the United States? Blinken answered, uh, quote, there's an ongoing threat against American officials, both present and past. There's an ongoing threat. Cruz pressed further, asking Blinken if they had specifically asked Iran's Revolutionary Guard to stop their attacks and threats 
against U.S. officials and if they refuse to do so. Of course, within the context of my of any engagements that we've had directly or indirectly with Iranians, one of the strong messages we send to them is that they need to stop targeting our, peer, our people, period, Blinken said. I mean, think about how fucking weak that sounds. That we've given them strong messages? Well, what's a weak message? They keep doing it. They're literally laughing in our faces and we're America. And over the weekend after that, we learned that Israel's secret service agency, the Mossad, stopped an, a, a Revolutionary Guard plot to kill an American general who was stationed in Germany. So at the very time they should be trying to appease us so that we can reach this purported, I suppose, peace agreement with Iran, that's really what the nukes deal in essence should be, while we're trying to get to that point, they're trying to kill our generals. Our generals. How many more decades do we have to act like these are people who can be reasoned with? that they can be negotiated with. We're just pretending. Instead of just doing what we all know needs to be done, we know that they can't be reasoned with. We know it to our bones. But by continuing to have these pretend negotiations with these savages who we know can't be trusted, who are not acting in good faith now or since 1979 when they came into power through violence, we, this is like the perfect example of racism, bigotry, of low expectations. We don't require them to act in a civilized manner in order to deal with them. They kill their own people. They hang gays. They deny that the Holocaust ever occurred. They're openly trying to get nukes. They've lied about their nukes program. Everyone can agree on that. And we just take it. We just take it. Pretty much weekly, they're saying they're going to destroy Israel. And we just pretend that they're not serious when they most surely are. They're the worst terrorists on the globe since they came into power in 1979. And you all remember, I hope, what happened in 1979. They started their reign of terror by kidnapping 52 American diplomats and holding them hostage for 444 days. They, par they paraded our people in public blindfolded. And because we had a pathetically weak Democrat president in power, Carter, who's at least smarter, than Biden is now, but he was just as weak. We didn't do shit in response to that in 1979. We should have immediately started bombing them into oblivion. You can't just take our people. And especially we knew that this was a terror. This wasn't like a radical offshoot. This was now the government of Iran. We should have bombed them immediately. Instead, 43 years later, even as they've killed and maimed thousands of Americans since then, we still haven't done shit. After the kidnapping of our people in Iran, they then killed hundreds of Americans in Beirut a few years later via a terror proxy, Islamic Jihad. Uh, that's another, then another terror proxy. They have so many of them. After that, another terror proxy of Iran, Hezbollah, which is funded by Iran and by their own drug dealing as well. They killed Lebanon's prime minister and took over the country in 2005. They just took it over. They just walked in, killed the prime minister, and said, we're in charge now. And even after Iran killed hundreds of Americans in that one single terror attack and allowed their proxy to take over the country, that's Iran taking over the country. It's not Hezbollah. Hezbollah is their proxy. Even after they did that, we still didn't do shit. Yet we still send Lebanon billions of dollars in aid. 
despite Hezbollah running the country? Iran runs Lebanon, I'm going to repeat it, and we give them billions of dollars in aid. The leader of Hezbollah over there said this weekend, this past weekend, that Iran will attack Israel directly, that they will help and they will destroy Israel. What other leader of a country on the planet can say things like that but the leaders of Lebanon, Iran, Palestine, and no one even reacts? And with this worthless nukes deal comes billions of dollars of money that will flow to Iran and sanctions relief and frozen money. And they're surely going to be using that to terrorize Americans and, their, and our, our allies, Saudi Arabia, Bahrain, the UAE, Egypt, Israel. Why do you think that the Saudis, the UAE, Bahrain, why do you think that such Jew-hating countries have made peace with Israel? They have. They've made peace with Israel. They're so sick of being terrorized by Iran that they've made peace with the Jews, the people they hate the most. Think how sick that Iran is and how sick of Iran they are that they would do that. They'd make peace with people that for generations, hundreds of years, they've hated. Iran maimed and killed our soldiers in Iraq. Do you know that one out of every six of all fatalities in Iraq, American fatalities, are attributed to Iran. And now they're calling for the death of Americans, and they're actually following through. And because we expect so little of any Muslim terror regime, we just presume that they're savages, that they're never going to change. We just continue to eat shit without really responding, and instead we're going to about to fortify their economy? It's just, and it's not just America. It's the same thing in Palestine. They hate America. They've killed Americans. They kill Israelis. You know, they're trying every second of the day. And we, America, continue to give them hundreds of millions of dollars in aid because we basically are saying, look, this is what they are. They're animals. We can't expect more. So we just have to to, uh, deal with the hand that we have. And it's the same thing, uh, Israel dealing with uh, the Iranian-paid terrorists, Hamas the government of of the Palestinians, they're the most popular leadership entity in that shithole, and they are the elected leaders of half of Palestine, of all of Gaza. They would be elected of all of the West Bank as well, except because they're subhuman. They have uh, elections once a generation. But Israel allows them to continue to fire rockets uh, at civilian areas, allows them to stab and shoot and run over Israelis, And Israel still lets Palestinians into Israel to work. When all that's happening is they just come in and they just kill more Israelis. Israel's just like America. They seem to recognize that this is the best these people will ever be, wild terrorist savages, and we have to be the bigger people, which is, you know, clearly moronic. Over the past few weeks, Hamas is calling for constant terror attacks against Israel, against Jews in Israel. They even threatened over the weekend to kill Jews in synagogues all over the world. And in fact, I think there's been 15 uh, killed, Israelis killed during the past few weeks by Palestinians inside Israel. Israel responds by sending the occasional missile into an empty field, and they kill terrorists when they can you know, grab them uh, while they're doing it. But that's it. And they make arrests. And then you've got the prime minister of Israel coming out and saying, we can reach you terrorists anywhere. Well, is it so good to the parents of the children that are being killed by these terrorists that you're arresting them after or killing them after? Don't you think they'd rather have their kids alive? Of course. And by the way, what is threatening to kill Jews in synagogues all over the planet 
have to do with Israel's policies towards the Palestinians. It doesn't. It's just pure Jew hate. And that's what they are. Imagine if Israel's prime minister said publicly that if Hamas doesn't stop firing rockets into Israel, Israel will start killing Muslims inside mosques all over the world. It sounds insane, doesn't it? Somehow we allow the elected leadership of Palestine, a Muslim terror entity that insists upon becoming a terror country, we allow their leader to say such a thing, and there is zero punishment. Zero. There's silence from America, there's silence from Europe, there's silence from the Arab world. The Hamas leader who said that, he should have been droned instantly. He should be a grease spot on the ground. A smoking grease spot. How can Israel accept those words? The Hamas leader who said that should be killed immediately. That is the only thing they understand. By not doing it, you're simply telling them that those words are acceptable. Killing the terrorist leaders may bring thousands of rockets from Gaza into Israel. It may. So what? That's horrible. It's, it's no question that it's horrible. But if it doesn't happen now, it's going to happen later. And if they do it, instead of this, this pinpoint missile response, the knocking on the doors, calling them on the phone with warnings, what other country does that? Did America do that in Iraq? Is Russia doing that in the Ukraine? They're just slaughtering everybody. Israel's knocking on doors, letting the terrorists get away. Flatten Gaza. Flatten it. And keep bombing them indiscriminately until the white flag comes up. Now's the perfect time to do it. Russia's doing it. Nobody's stopping them. Why should Israel not do it? This is a terror entity. The people there are not being held hostage by Hamas. Eventually, the terrorists in Gaza will have bigger better weapons. And they're getting better weapons every year. The rockets that they're launching are going further into Israel. They're hitting all over now. It used to just be the South. Won't Israel wish they had destroyed this cancer before that time, before thousands of Israelis, including Israeli Arabs, have to die? You know, as Ramadan, Islam's holy month, just ended, there was hope that maybe some of the crazed terror attacks would slow down. You know, Ramadan, of course, uh, is observed by Muslims worldwide. It's a month of uh, fasting, of prayer, of reflection, of, of community. To Palestinians, who are the bottom of the barrel of, of all Muslims worldwide, it's always a month to terrorize and kill as many Jews as possible. They run to their third holiest site in Islam, the, the Al-Aqsa Mosque, this very reverential place which they beg the world's Muslims to protect from the big bad Israel but where they also store rocks to throw at Jews who are just trying to worship in their holy place. They store fireworks, Molotov cocktails. They throw uh, those at the Jews that are just there to pray, at, you know, or to visit. They're not even allowed to pray, and I'll get into that in a bit. But, of course, only the Palestinians' religious concerns are respected. Although they have no respect for their mosque, they walk around with their shoes on inside, which is a no-no in Islam. If you go to a mosque, you'll see shoes uh, piled up outside, but the Palestinians are running around inside wearing shoes. They play soccer inside it. They do everything but shit on the floor inside it and, and fling their feces at Israelis. But if you told me that they actually shit on the floor of that mosque, I'd believe it. I mean, how can you desecrate the place anymore? They're, look, look at the, the video inside, what they're doing there. They're stocking this mosque with weapons 
solely to instigate against Israel. And Israel had no choice but to respond. Everybody knows what the plan was. They store weapons in the mosque. They attack Israelis from there, uh, hoping that Israel will have to come in and stop the violence. And then when they go in to stop the violence, the Palestinians take pictures and video and they scream massacre, genocide, and the whole world knows what they're doing, but nobody calls them out on it and pretends that this is really Israeli aggression when it's just an Israeli response. Israel tries to keep things calm. They have to because they're in charge of the area where the mosque is, and there are plenty of Muslims who are actually decent people who want to come there and pray like normal human beings. But the Palestinians force Israel's hand and require them to go inside and pull out the bad people inside the mosque that are committing terrorism. Naturally, this is what the Palestinians want as the entire Muslim world then comes out against Israel and claims that they're not respecting the third holiest site in Islam. It's just pure incitement is what they're doing. By the way, who even ranks their holy sites? These people are such fucking uncivilized, uneducated, unwashed savages that they rank their holy sites the way I rank my, uh, my favorite cookies. Fudge Town is number one. Uh, Girl Scout uh, Thin Mints, that's number two. Number three. E.L. Fudges. L's love fudge. Who celebrates the third best of anything? Well, actually, I like E.L. Fudges, so never mind. Israel is beleaguered and, and forced to intervene. And as I said, the entire Muslim world freaks out and blames Israel for, you know, but they know the truth. Everybody knows the truth. The Palestinians are doing this to get Israel to come into the mosque, pull people out, and allow the Palestinians to claim that Israel is desecrating this holy site. Every year this happens, during Ramadan. Israel's not like sitting around thinking, let's go in there and destroy the place. The Palestinians in sight get Israel to come in and pray that Israel actually kills somebody inside there. That's going to happen eventually. But everyone knows the truth. Uh, everybody knows that the Palestinians are the lowest form of humanity and that they'll never change. So they have to just lower expectations. They have to pretend publicly that Israel's in the wrong because the leaders of these other Muslim countries that are blasting Israel, this includes Israeli allies like Egypt and Jordan. They're afraid that if they don't speak out against Israel about this, their people, their population, they're rabid Jew haters. They'll tear the leaders apart. Behind closed doors, naturally, these leaders admit to Israel the truth that the Palestinians are the cause of all this trouble. And it, it really begs the question is, why the hell is Israel putting up with this? Why does America put up with Iran's terrorism? Israel used to assassinate Hamas leaders when things got too crazy. They don't even do that anymore. And it just serves to embolden Hamas. They know they can do whatever they want and remain relatively unscathed. They send in 4,000 rockets into Israel, and instead of Israel wiping out Gaza, Israel spent years and billions of dollars developing this Iron Dome uh, system, which knocks the great majority of the, of the rockets out of the air. How about just destroying the terrorists and stop risking our people, Israel's people, and spending billions of dollars? Hamas knows this, and they've openly said it. We want to bankrupt Israel by forcing them to spend the money to shoot down the rockets. The rockets cost like 10 cents. The, the missiles that Israel uses in the Iron Dome cost millions. And Israel plays along with this silly back and forth. They're stuck in this idiotic cat and mouse game, and they refuse to break out of the rut. 
Every time a rocket is launched from Gaza, every time Hamas sends a terrorist to kill an Israeli, every time Hamas supports a terrorist act against Israel in which an Israeli is killed, a Hamas leader should be droned. And if an all-out war starts, Israel should carpet bomb Gaza until there is quiet. Will many Palestinians be killed? Who the fuck cares? I mean, look, you can't have a war and just like pinpoint strike. Look at everybody else in their wars. There's no, there's no talking about these pinpoint strikes. No one cares. What's the point of having the overwhelming military advantage if you're not going to use it to protect your own people? And it's the same with America and Iran. They attack Americans. We destroy Tehran. That's what we should be doing. The world would celebrate if this happened. The world would celebrate if the Palestinian terrorists ceased to exist. If two nukes were dropped on Tehran, the whole world would celebrate. No one relies on them or needs them but other terrorists. And yet we accept their behavior. Eventually, they're going to get nukes. Or Hamas will have the capability to kill tens of thousands of Israelis, and it'll be too late by then. We killed a couple hundred thousand Japanese during World War II with the atomic bomb, and we saved millions of American lives. We should be doing the same with Iran and Palestine. They're the world's worst, and they should be eliminated if they don't correct their behavior. And you're sitting there saying, how could you say these horrible things? Tell me, has anything that I've said so far, is it as bad about saying we should go into mosques worldwide and kill Muslims? No, not even close. Yet the leadership of the Palestinians who we give billions in aid over the years, he said it. And there was just crickets after. We should be doing this. They're the worst. Their behavior needs to be corrected. Why are we practicing such bigotry of low expectations with them is just beyond my comprehension. Now, another example of this, the idiocy of the double standard, is what goes on in the area known as the Temple Mount, which is the holiest site in Judaism, as it contains the western wall of the second temple, which was destroyed by the Romans in the year 70. Only the one wall remains now, just the wall. This area also houses, as I said, the third holiest site in Islam, uh, the uh, Aqsa Mosque. Before Israel was attacked in 1967 and took back that area, in a defensive war against all of the uh, of their neighbors, their Arab neighbors, no Jews were allowed to be there, despite the fact that this was the holiest site in Judaism. For 19 years, from 1948 to 67, after Israel was established and Jordan took that area, the area was under Jordanian rule. Although the Jordanians had signed an agreement in 1949 guaranteeing Jews the right to visit the Western Wall, not one Israeli Jew was ever permitted to do so. And the Jordanians, which included people who lived in the area, and they invented a new name for themselves, Palestinians, in the mid-60s. They used the name that the Romans gave the Jews thousands of years earlier. The area was originally named Judea, Jew, Dea, get it, and changed to Palestine. Uh, and Palestinians, they decided to use that name solely to erase the Jewish presence in the land. Now, naturally, the Jordanians who lived in the area after 1948, as I said, they wanted to steal the history of the Jews who were there when the land was named Judea thousands of years ago. But the Jordanians, when they controlled the area from 1948 to 67, they treated the area as a garbage dump to humiliate the Jews. 
And, and this wasn't just for the 19 years between 48 and 67. This treatment of the area was the same when Muslims controlled it for over a thousand years before. There were ancient gravestones in the area honoring the memory of rabbis. They were used as pavement and urinals by the Muslims who controlled the area. They pissed on them. The ancient Jewish quarter of the old city was ravaged by Jordan. 58 Jerusalem synagogues, some of them centuries old, were destroyed or ruined. Naturally, the world didn't have a problem with any of this uh, or the disrespect to Jews. Israel liberated the area in 1967, and any sane observer would presume that Israel would treat the Muslims the way the Muslims treated the Jews, tear down that mosque, or kick the Muslims out. Instead, Israel recognized the savage idiocy of the people of the Muslims that were there. They took the higher road, and the real reason they took the higher road is they wanted to stop the constant violence from the Muslims. Israeli Defense Minister Moshe Dayan agreed to let Muslim authorities retain control over the Muslim holy places in the Temple Mount. Jews were to have free access to visit, because as I said, the the Western Wall is there. But listen to this. They were prohibited from praying there to avoid conflict with Muslims. Think about that. Think about that insanity. Jews to this day are not permitted to pray at their holiest site that Israel controls, while the Muslims who don't control the area can store rocks and Molotov Molotov cocktails in their mosque and attack Jews who visit the area. And the Muslims can pray there, but the Jews can't. And, And why? It's because it was presumed then in 1967 and still true today that the Muslims were unable to control themselves, and if they dared see Jews simply moving their lips in prayer, and not at the mosque, but at the Jews' own holy site, the Western Wall, the Temple Mount, on land that was Jewish before Muhammad even married his six-year-old wife, uh, Aisha, the Western Wall isn't directly next to the mosque. They don't even have to see the Jews praying, but they just can't control their inherent violent nature. So think about this. Muslims who gave Jews no ability to visit the area, their holy site, when they controlled the area, now that they lost the area, they insist that Jews not pray there or else. And Israel, of course, is okay with it. And Israel gives Muslims free reign to worship at their mosque. This double standard is obscene. It's idiotic. It's It's just typical of how the world treats Palestinians, how the world treats Iranians, how the world treats Muslim terrorists. Instead of forcing them to act human, they allow them to get away with this disgusting behavior. Why? Because they don't want any more trouble than they have already with these people. But you can see that Iran is getting more dangerous. They're getting closer to nukes. Hamas, the Palestinians, are getting closer to being able to really hurt Israelis, kill many more than they have already. It's going to happen eventually. Do you want to have the war when they're weaker, or do you want to have the war when they're stronger? This is a question that I asked on the radio when I first started doing it in 2006, when Iran wasn't nearly as strong, when the Palestinians didn't have the ability that they have, when Hezbollah didn't have the ability that they have in Lebanon. We should have killed them all then. And I'm not saying you're going to go in there and liquidate them and, and commit genocide. They launch rockets, you just bomb them until they stop. You bomb them until they stop. When they stop, when the white flag goes up, you tell them, do you want to live in peace or do you want to get bombed again? And they just keep on repeating it. Eventually, it's going to happen. 
Eventually, this double, double standard will continue until either the Iranians or the Palestinians or Hezbollah kill enough Americans or Israelis, and then there will be the response that should have happened decades ago, but it's going to be a response to the death because we're going to have to do it in order to, to stay alive. It's going to be an existential threat to America or Israel. It's idiotic that that has to come first. But imagine a world without Iran's terror regime, which funds terrorism all over the globe. No more Hezbollah, Hamas, the Houthis, Islamic Jihad. Iran operates terror cells in America today. They've tried to kill their enemies in restaurants in D.C. In America, they've tried to kidnap Iranian dissidents in Brooklyn. They've tried to kill Americans. I think they tried to kill Rudy Giuliani in Paris a few years ago. Imagine them gone. Imagine us getting rid of them instead of waiting for their badly oppressed people to do it themselves. Imagine America doing the right thing instead of bending over for these terrorists. I keep on saying this year after year after year, and it keeps getting worse, and we keep doing nothing. At some point, something really bad is going to happen. It's not just going to be a roadside bomb. It's not going to be a stabbing in Israel. It's going to be Many, many Americans and Israelis killed. At some point, we have to wake up, break out of this rut, this cat and mouse rut, and finish them off, period. Now, let's go to one other issue that's uh, just popped into the news. I figured while I'm here, I might as well talk about it. And it's obviously the big story of the day. It's the leak of the Supreme Court decision, which overturns Roe versus Wade. And frankly, this is shocking to me. I, I really didn't expect this to happen, mainly because most people in America are for abortion rights and don't want uh, Roe v. Wade uh, overturned. So I actually assumed that Republicans, who obviously control the Supreme Court, they've got the majority, that they would never do something this insane because you're basically spitting in the face of not just all Democrats, which is fine with me, but you're also spitting in the face of, of your own party. Women are screeching all over the country about this, and I, and I mean real women uh, with wombs, not ones with penises who pretend to be women. Liberals are freaking out, and they're claiming that there's going to be mountains of dead women who are having uh, back alley abortions with coat hangers. Uh, that Yamachi Alcinder, uh, Lou Alcinder, uh, she says that women are never going to be able to have abortions again. I mean, people are just saying anything, and, and the dumber uh, the person speaking, the more insane the things that are coming out of their mouths. Um, you've even got Elizabeth Warren and she's crying on TV, her, her voice is cracking and she's screaming that abortion, which let's be clear, is the act of tearing apart a fetus inside the womb, crushing its skull, separating the arms and legs from the body. She's claiming that that's health care. That's some fucked up health care, if you ask me. Joe Biden has been woken up and he's come out saying that uh, uh, the draft decision is radical and that it may infringe upon other rights, such as rights for gays to marry and, and other privacy rights. And I, I can't necessarily disagree with him on that point because it may. It could be a slippery slope. Could be. In practice, what will happen if, in fact, Roe v. Wade is overturned is that abortion is no longer the law of the land. And it's up to individual states to determine how far, if at all, they're willing to even go with abortion. And every state is different. So you're going to have them run the gamut from outlawing abortion completely, conservative places, to very liberal abortion laws in places like New York and California. 
And it's going to require a lot of people uh, having to travel to other states to have abortions, which seems, you know, crazy um, because it's not stopping abortion. It's just, you know, rearranging pieces on a chessboard, I suppose. But I'm not really here today to discuss the merits of abortion. Frankly, I don't really care one way or another about it. I believe women should have the rights to choose within reason what they want to do with their own bodies. And I believe abortion should be their choice. Now, when I say that I, within reason, I mean that women shouldn't be permitted in my mind to abort after a certain period of time. And if you've ever seen a fetus that's been aborted at 26 weeks, you'd understand my position. It's a viable baby, which could have lived on its own outside the womb. It's getting its skull crushed and its arms and legs torn off the body. It's disgusting if you've ever seen it. And it's hard to rationalize similarly that women can be so out of it to not know that they've been pregnant for six months. I mean, is that even possible? An abortion at eight to 14 weeks is nothing like what I just described. It's a chemical process to get rid of some cells or a vacuum process to just vacuum it out. It's not the same as tearing the head off a, a, you know, a viable fetus. Babies aren't being dismembered that way. So in my mind, there's abortion and then there's abortion. But ultimately, I feel that women should decide what to do with their own bodies. Same as I feel that gays should have the full rights to marry, to have kids. It doesn't affect me. It's not hurting me. So let them have their rights. Who the hell am I to determine what's right for somebody else? It's, it's fine. If that's what they want to do, I don't have a problem with it. And, but I'm a pragmatist, and that's what I'm really here to talk about today. And with all the screaming and yelling about women's rights now, and by the way, it's funny that somehow liberals today can finally define what a woman is. It's a person with a womb, in case you weren't uh, paying attention. With all the screaming and yelling today, you know what I don't hear about anymore? I don't hear about runaway inflation I don't hear about supply chain issues. I don't uh, hear about rising gas prices. I don't hear about Russia. I don't hear about the mask mandates, things like that. The stock market tanking, the food prices going up, Biden shaking hands with the ghosts or being unable to pronounce a two-syllable word, Biden's disgraceful exit of Afghanistan, his backstabbing of our allies. Instead, today, finally, the Democrats have a rallying point. Biden is now seen as the president leading America against a radicalized Republican Party, which uh, seeks to reverse Roe v. Wade, the law which the great majority of Americans support. It's true. Now, the November elections that were coming up, the midterms, they were a slam dunk for Republicans. Biden was destroying the country. He is destroying the country. I believe that Republicans would have taken back the Senate and Congress. It was that bad for Democrats. They had zero enthusiasm to vote in the midterms just six months away. And naturally, the far right of the Republican Party, the churchies, the MAGA part, they had to screw it up. They had to screw it up. It was virtually impossible to screw it up, but they did. People who had no desire at all to pull the lever, lever for Democrats, who had no interest in getting off the couch to go vote in November, Guess what? Now they're going to be running to the polls to get rid of the Republicans who dare to take away abortion rights in their mind, because that's what they think. They think there'll be no more abortions. And now Democrats understand that they need to get control of the Supreme Court. And to do that, they need to win elections to get it done, because the Democrats, the most important issue of all, more important than gay rights, 
more important than trans rights, more important than welfare, more important than letting a legal storm across the southern border, more important than anything is abortion rights. As a Democrat, you cannot expect men and women to use birth control. You cannot expect women to know that they're pregnant at 24 weeks. They want abortion on demand. And that's the most important thing in their lives. Naturally, again, it's the far right of the Republican Party, which thought that this was a good time to reverse Roe versus Wade. I mean, now? All across the country today, white men are slapping themselves on the back, knowing that they're saving black babies because black babies are the ones that are most likely to have been aborted. It's obscene, as most of them don't even like blacks. If you told me that the right wing of the Republican Party wanted to lose in November on purpose, and that's why they did this, I'd believe it, because there's really no other explanation for the timing of this. Jeffrey Lichtman for Beyond the Legal Limit. Thank you for tuning in for this midweek special episode. Hopefully I'll see you on Monday.